Hello and welcome to the Practical Leadership Podcast, where I interview great leaders and try to extract their wisdom and experience for you to learn from and hopefully avoid making their mistakes. Check out practical-leadership.academy because you want to help your new managers succeed with hybrid or remote working. Vinit Patel, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Thanks for having me, Paul. Pleasure to be here. Well, can you, would you, please, would you introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Vinit Patel. I'm co-founder at Filtered, a learning technology business. And I've spent much of my career, the last 15 years, working in, investing, helping startup businesses. Well, where did you get to at Filtered? I mean, so far, you've been out there for, what, um, 127 years, right? <laughs> I know these journeys, they, they feel like that sometimes. I mean, so many founders and so many uh, senior people in, in, in startups, it's like, it's, it's, I'm still full of beans, but oh my God, I've been at it for like, like 26 years or however long it feels. Yeah. It's, how, it's, how do you keep I'm your not, energy going? I'm not sure it's accurate to still call us a startup, but it's very much a startup in, 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 in all respects, apart from maybe the length of time that we've been working on it. Um, mostly because we've done a bunch of different things in the last 13 years. How do I keep the energy up? Um, I think the short answer is I think the short answer is working in bursts. So for me, um, and I think this has helped my own personality and the things that I'm good at and like doing, it's often been a different focus or a different role every six to twelve months. Um, that hasn't really been by design. Um, initially, I was COO for a long time, so that just required me to focus on and do different things in the business, and that often did change every six months or so. Um, but but more recently, it has been a more sort of designed thing that I've done to switch things up and to 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 make that the source of new energy and to try and keep things um, going. I suppose you can do that in an organisation, number one, where A, you're the owner, number one, A. Number one, A, where you're the owner, number two, B, where mm-hmm. um, it's small enough mm-hmm. that you have um the oversight and the ability to do all these different things but it is i can see it's a lot it's a wonderful idea a lot harder to do in a a bigger organization you can't quite jump from being the head legal to being the chief person i think i think bigger companies not not maybe the massive ones but i think bigger companies are, are noticing and realizing that a big part of talent retention requires them to create these uh diagonal career journeys for people and you know do a lot more horizontal stuff moving into different roles adjacent roles um, and actually, I, I tell most new people that join our company or anyone that's looking to, to develop and, and stay with us, look at the profiles, look at the LinkedIn profiles of most of your colleagues and people that have worked here before. They have all had the opportunity to and been very encouraged to, to move around. So it's definitely a trait of a small business. And I think the best small businesses um, do it well and make create those opportunities because it, 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 I think it works well for everyone. It helps the individual get a much broader and different perspective the business benefits from it as well but actually that person going around has so much retained knowledge um that it can really help new and emerging parts of the business develop in ways that it wouldn't have done um had it been a brand new team of course there are some you know cons to it sometimes you might not have such an experienced person in that role often the case for me i'm typically brought in to do the zero to one stuff right i am not an expert in 
bit more on generation, which is the role I'm doing now, or wasn't an expert in customer success when I first started doing that a few years ago, right? But you apply yourself, and you, and and crucially, I think you you lean on others that have done their done it and, and been there before to to kind of um, assist your own efforts. I think it's if you you said leaning on others, it's a great thing always to find a coach mentor type person, somebody who can coach the best out of you, but mentor you in your deficiencies or mentor you on the the the, the functional stuff that you actually need to know how to do. Diagonal career, I love that phrase. Um, there's um. If you think against the bigger companies, normally you get the the high potential types, these high poise, the fast tracks. These are the boys and girls who get shoved off to Singapore for six months and then off to Bangalore for six months and then they're in the Tokyo office for six months. They're working in supply chain, they're working in legal, they're working in HR, they're working in engineering so that they are being groomed on the path to divisional leadership and all that sort of stuff. Being able to do that in a smaller company is quite a powerful, quite a, quite a powerful advantage. As you said, you get that breadth of understanding, if not necessarily the depth, but you certainly get the breadth of understanding across an organisation that really builds institutional memory, that makes it very, very attractive. It's a very attractive proposition. And and hopefully it allows you to tell a much more compelling career story and career journey when you're out there looking for your next gig or if you've got a side gig or side hustle where you're advising other companies or peers or you're coaching yourself or you want to go and create a bunch of content about what you've been doing, you know, whatever it might be, whatever your stick is, um, you know, you've got to be able to have those experiences is more likely to uh, spark your creativity, to allow you to um, unearth new opportunities for yourself. Um, so yeah, I think I've definitely benefited from that. It, it helps obviously being a founder, but but I've also m- tried to massively encourage others to take a similar approach, mm-hmm. um, including certain members of the existing team um, who, if they're listening to this now, um, will know exactly who they are. <laughs> no names, no pack drill. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Um, I was talking about this not that long ago. It's the idea of a functional promotional path as well. Is that if you got somebody in a job and they think well the next job i have to the next promotion step in my career is a promotion to be a manager and you're looking at them going i am never giving you a team to manage because you hate people or you're just not that sort of person so what do you do with them well they quit and go off somewhere else nah. if you can give them a functional promotional path you're saying well actually i'm going to give you experience here i'm going to let you deepen that or go diagonally Go somewhere else. Go from demand into customer. Go from something to, you know, that's... A hundred percent. I mean, I'm just thinking about, the, you know, we're a team of, what, 25, 30 people right now. Easily half of that team that's been with us for at least two years, some of them who have been with us uh, shorter, have already done that and are doing that today. And I, I think actually we as a small business and probably most startups generally don't fully appreciate ourselves or value ourselves how important and useful that is to members in the team. Not everyone is cut out to be a team lead or team manager at that point in their career, or possibly any point in their career. Sometimes you kind of have to do it to know that, to to work that out for yourself. I I can fully understand that. But like you say, actually the more um, helpful thing might be to have a a stint in another area of the business. Um, Ultimately, it goes to show that you're responsible enough and are considered to be 
an expert even in that business in in that domain to be given those new additional responsibilities i think it's a huge thing um and actually we as business owners as founders as managers could do more to support and encourage that and to formalize it to the, to the extent that we possibly can so that it's seen as a thing that people do rather than just a oh by the way maybe you should go off and do this now mm-hmm. <laughs> That's an afterthought you know be a lot more intentional and proactive um about those developmental paths yeah I mean, the 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 intent behind these things i think is always questionable and so many times you look around and you think ah that guy over there she, she or he or she was really really clever because that's what they did and then you speak to them and realize they fell on their ass they had no damn clue what they were doing and it looked good because the outcome was good but what you didn't see were the three other bits of rubbish that happened so yes we can make these things intentional but as you discovered just doing it because you needed to do it is probably the driver that you need yeah yeah 100 so on that journey you've been on at what point did you first become a people manager um i'd say it was quite early on so when the business started 2009 it was just the three founders um working together alongside each other and then about three years in when we started to grow the team is when we started to hire people and then i became a first time manager properly and i remember my ceo mark who you know giving me this little orange book it was hbr's um 50 tips to being a good manager and it was so cute and nice it was you know had a little hard back it would fit into my pocket and i and i made it a thing that i would open up every day on the on the train in, into work to like just read a few lines about this new tip and and i remember distinctly thinking i wonder how many of these 50 things i'm actually doing day to day i'm going through it thinking oh, maybe 10 if i'm lucky <laughs> like wow there's a lot of stuff that i need to do as a manager and I've still got my actual job to do and a bunch of other stuff to do as well. It's quite daunting. <laughs> well, that, 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 do you know what? I think if you're doing 10 out of these, the, the HBR 50, that's, that's probably a measure probably, of I'm probably exaggerating. It's probably more like two. <laughs> <laughs> a, even that, even that, I tell you. I mean, the number, I mean, we were, we were talking about that, is that I boiled down the, what I think the management tasks are. And I'm it's highly subjective, but the, the essentials down to bit just over a dozen, 18 or so things you really, really need to be able to do, like setting objectives, giving feedback, holding people accountable, all that sort of stuff. And even more so when you're now remote, you actually have to not just be okay at them. You actually have to be good at this because you're remote. You could be kind of a half-arsed lazy manager in an office because you get instant feedback instant gratification if it goes well and an instant the hell if it goes horribly wrong if you're remote you don't get those signals you don't you just you just miss on you miss them all the time so you have this duty for productivity and as well as the care of the people you're you're working with to actually get the basics right mm. yeah yeah that's that's so true and it's um and it's really hard to figure that out for yourself <laughs> It takes a long time, and that's that. And you know, I I was a manager for the first time in a in an office, right? Not in a in a remote environment. So I I would struggle to to empathise with someone who's a remote first uh, people manager now, um, for the first time, because there's a lot more that I think um, is different and is harder in many respects. 
So if you've got some frameworks and ways in which you can apply yourself, then you know, grab them, take them, use them. <laughs> use yeah, them. Totally. What what frameworks or advice or something? What would you give as advice to a first time people manager just now? Then, um, there's a few things. I think um, I would seek out a few, not too many. Although I think that's probably not too much of a risk for most people. I would seek out a few, one or two people managers who you have seen or come across even if it's not maybe even better if it's not in your in your existing company that you can use as a coach or as a friend to just help you out to be your sounding board to go and just riff with because i remember when i when i was that first time manager someone who i'd seen operate in another business i remember messaging her and saying by the way i'm a i'm a manager i've just become a manager like what do i do <laughs> what do I need to do? Because I've seen the way that you operate with your team and it's amazing. Like I was part of a team as a consultant for a bit. I was like, this is, this is incredible. I'd lo- I just loved her approach to how she managed people. It's like, I'm not sure I could be that person yet or, or possibly even ever. Like, you know, help me out here. And and she 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 was great. She gave me some bits of advice. Um, and then, you know, I, I was sort of off on my journey and, and, you know, figuring a few things out for myself. And I think that that made a big difference knowing that that I had someone that I could pick up the phone to or send send a text to just be like by the way I'm just struggling with this what would you do and um yeah it was um yeah so uh uh Rachel Spedding if you're if you're if you're listening to this by any chance thank you that was you by the way um over 10 years ago <laughs> Rachel we're going to come knocking on your door next <laughs> so you seek out a coach seek out a coach or a mentor so you got a coach who can unlock your potential a mentor who can maybe fill in some of the blanks yes yeah that the other thing i would say is um go easy on yourself i think it's really really um easy to just be quite hard on yourself to uh, to think that um that you're you're failing or not doing a great job um so yeah go go easy on yourself because i think in the early days i often felt that oh like how my team performs is a direct reflection of me. And that's not always the case. I, I mean, often it possibly is, but actually sometimes um, the situation that you're in or the people that you've inherited, you may not have hired them and this, that, and the other, you can find yourself in a pretty tricky situation very quickly. And I've seen, and I've sometimes experienced, whether it's a first-time manager or even as an experienced manager, oh my goodness, like this is not this person or the way that, we are operating here is not up to my standards. Um, this is going to reflect really badly on me, right? Um, and I and I think at that point you sort of do need to just first do your best to look after yourself, and then secondly, very importantly, go and speak to your own managers and the and the leadership in your team in your business, and be like, by the way, I don't think this is working. Let's try and figure this out together. Rather than what I think a lot of first time managers and experienced managers do is sort of hide away in a corner. And think that they can kind of try to figure it out themselves. Um, again, I, I would find myself in some of those situations because I like to be a reasonably self-sufficient kind of person. Don't you know? I'm not very often the person that will ask for help or go looking for help. Uh, 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 you know, in, in that way. Um, so, so yeah, I'd say sort of go easy on yourself and um, and 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 again, sort of echoing the theme of the first point: 
seek out help and go take these problems as you come across them and 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 see them to other people in your business because there's a good chance there's others um, that are either thinking the same thing and or have the advice and the experience to help you navigate some of them as well. So how do you go and ask for help? It's easier said than done. I mean, ego is a big thing, right? Ego is a big thing, yeah. Ego is a big thing. Um, one thing, who, who do you ask first? You came up with that as an idea. So let's say, who do you ask and how do you ask them? And what are you asking? Um, usually, I would say your direct line manager should be your first port, port of call, right? So whoever, whoever that is. Um, if you're if you're in a small business and you're lucky enough to have a dedicated people or HR person that might be able to offer some advice, put them on the list as well. Um, and or because sometimes your people, your direct line manager and or the the HR people person, if they exist, may not be that experienced themselves. It's often the case in small startups. Ideally, then um, seek out someone who is experienced enough. If it's not the CEO themselves. Um, there might be another leader within the business and say, hey, this is the problem that I've got right now, and then list it out. And I, and again, ideally, write it down. Um, so write it down, write down what you think the problems are, what you've done to try and resolve them, what you think needs to happen, um, and any questions that you've got, even if it's just, I really don't know what to do next. Because I think in writing it down, you also give yourself an opportunity to process what it is you're seeing and feeling and experiencing rather than just spewing it all out on a call or over a coffee with someone. It allows you and your brain to sort of, to the extent that it can, structure and process some of these things. Um, and a lot of the time, you'll probably find, as I did and um, still do, it's quite an emotional thing. <laughs> and the process of writing it down allows you to sort of separate some of the emotion um, as well. So it's almost like self-coaching. You're saying one of the one of the best questions you can, I think, um, ask yourself is, if this was happening to somebody else, what would I advise? Yeah, exactly. Imagine you got a friend coming to you mm. with the problem that you have. What would you say to your friend? And imagine you're doing it over a beer or a coffee or whatever, and you really care about them, your friend. Right. What would be the advice that you give? Because I think when you then think about it in that way, you're hoping you're hope, hopefully giving your friend the best possible advice, but in the best possible way as well. Um, some of which might be stuff like go easy on yourself. You know, don't make this your own problem. A problem shared is a problem. Hard, all those sorts of things. Right. Oh, yes. Um, and, and I think. The other thing, um, and this is. A different sort of thread but i think it's one worth exploring um if if it's about performance if the issue is about performance and or about progression and where and in, because that's the other thing as a first-time manager sometimes um it depends what the problem is right and if it's a problem that you relate to or that you've experienced yourself as an as an individual contributor um one of the one of the problems challenges that i've experienced over the years is one of progression like how do i give this individual or this team that i now have and run and i'm responsible for a sense that there is more than just their current job for them to go after either because they're coming asking me 
or because I want to open their eyes to it, or because they're trying to figure things out themselves, like, you know, which direction should my career go in? And um, and I think progression and progression frameworks um, as a sort of a, a hard uh, sort of um, black and white way of, of, of it manifesting are a thing that a lot of startups do often overlook and don't pay enough attention to. And we've certainly been through that journey um, and continue to today. Yeah. It's, it's all about them, isn't it? It's all about the people piece. I mean, all the biggest challenges that I do, I coach and mentor um, all sorts of leaders and managers. And the biggest, naughtiest challenges are never the technical, architectural, structural, organizational stuff. Yes, territory planning. Yes. Yes. Yes, compensation stuff and things and um, partner conflict. So these are are really naughty, complicated things when you've got multiple moving parts plus legal things. Yeah. But then it's all about the, but she wants a promotion and I don't have one. And if she quits, I'm screwed because she's the only person who knows how to do X. What do we do? How do we get more money? What is it? What's the conversation? How do you hold? They're the toughies. That's They're cool. the ones that actually sit on your lap and stew. Yeah. Yeah, you and you go to bed thinking about it. You wake up in the morning thinking yeah. about it. It mm-hmm. occupies your mind, especially if you're, like most people, I think, um, you know, you care about uh, the, the individual and the, and, the, and the team. And it's a lesson that I learned quite um quite well last year um the hard way when um when i inherited our customer success team um it was a a few funny things that happened inherited a customer success team but without any customer success managers uh because for various reasons uh they had left and so started 2022 with a book of business that i needed to go away and expand and no csms but had three brilliant implementation managers and we were shifting the business model so initially, first quarter was like, okay, let's just leave things as they are, work very hard and see where we get to. Clocked a few wins, great. Got to Q2. And then for other reasons, the product team were just flying and doing great stuff. It became clearer to me that actually these implementation managers were more like CSMs um, than implementation managers. So you know, let's have a conversation and let's find a way of, of, of you know, um, moving them into CSM roles if it's the right thing to do for them and for the business. Went through all of that stuff. And for someone who's got a strong bias for action, I was actually doing it what felt like a very slow way, you know, having lots of meaningful conversations, trying to get lots of different perspectives, writing down lots of stuff, making the plan as clear as possible. And did this over a good few months, um, except for one thing, um, uh, which was, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, it's, it's sort of a bit of detail here. It's, Whatever level you are in our progression framework at Filtered right now, we'll transpose you onto that, into the into the new role, and then you know off you go. So got going in mid-August with this new team, all the CSMs, uh, hiding the, uh, another CSM, and the plan was, right, everyone gets their own accounts, and off we go, and we're working. Simple. The one thing that I had failed to fully grasp and, and appreciate was how much each of those individual now CSMs, how, how much each of those individual people were not clear about their own progression in this role beyond me saying, oh yeah, you can, you're now going to be customer success managers at Filtered 
and you know and off you go and it then sort of came to the fore like within a week of me making these changes that the development plans that I had in my head for each of these individuals wasn't made clear to them but also the progression framework that we had which is a fairly generic thing within filtered was just that it was too generic it wasn't meaningful enough so I had CSMs looking at this thing and thinking oh I'm actually no more this level no I'm more this level what about this what about that I was like damn like I've really not helped by keeping things vague on this front and and not helped by um, not making it clear what the next six nine twelve months beyond looks like as a CSM within filtered so that's the stuff that was sort of stewing right and I was like damn, I've really like cocked off. <laughs> How do I make this um, useful and, and valuable to each of these um, individuals? And so very quickly got to work building out a progression framework, but building out in a way that um, made sense to them and their roles, but also for what we needed in the business, um, for the nuances of our product and the way in which we were developing our CSMs weren't quota carrying, but there were much more product specialists. So I needed to make sure all of those sorts of things were reflected and reflected meaningfully. Um, and had it not been for this brilliant thing called Progression App, um, uh, which had a lot of stuff in its library, and then it used a bit of GPT-3 before it became a, a hot thing uh, to, to like really build out some stuff. Incredible. Like I would not have been able to do what I needed to do in the time that I had uh, without it. But the outcome is the most important thing because it meant that I could then have soon after, it still took me a good few weeks to get to this point, conversations with each of those individuals about, okay, what do you think of the framework as a whole? Cool, it looks about right, great. Where do you see yourself, first of all, rather than me saying where, where I think you should be? Okay, great. You know, we're broadly aligned. And in all cases, we were broadly aligned. Some cases where we weren't on some of the specifics, it's like, why do you think you're there right now? You know, what what do you what examples do you have to show that you you know you're hitting that particular bit of the framework? Mm. Okay, cool. Um, let's let's figure out a way in which we can you know um, get you there. And that became oh my god, like maybe it was because of the slightly difficult um, period that I had before that, but that became such a uh, an important moment I think um, for that team and that and, and our relationship together that it allowed us to then focus on the future meaningfully um, and to a large extent um, alleviated a lot of their concerns about, right, what does progression look like for me in this role? Um, a really simple thing, looking back at it, you know, I should this should have just been part of the plan for the changes that I needed to make. No one called me out on it. I think most other people that I was taking this to in the business were like, oh, yeah, I'm sure Vidya's kind of figured it out. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> but actually, uh, I hadn't. And it wasn't until the team had come back to me and told me, what does it look like that it, that it made a huge difference? Well, I think you should give yourself, as you said, you do go easy on yourself. You're alive. <laughs> yeah, take some of my own advice. <laughs> yeah, to go. Yeah, in that you caught it in the best way, which is you had the open conversation with your team, who came back and said, Ooh, "We're missing here something, boss. This is this is not quite a thing." Okay, well, let's dig in and find out how it can be a thing. And the fact that you did that rather than truck on regardless at 100 miles an hour and you only find out when half of them quit. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's a win. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's true. It's a win. There you go. I'll take that. <laughs> Good. 
Tell me then, what else are you working on at present? Yeah, so, so sorry, I just wanted to say the other thing is um, uh, in my long spiel there, I looking back, I think progression is something that we put off at Filtered for a long time. Mm. When we did it, we put in something fairly generic. And at the time, it was great because it was going from nothing to something generic, fine. But then actually now, what we're going through right now is is more specific frameworks. So there's lots out there. And if you use them and you use them well, they can they can they can make a huge difference. Um, so anyway, well, which um, ones are you using? Let's, let's take a plug and get some advice from you. Yeah, so sure. Using, what was the progression app you said? Progressionapp.com is excellent. Um, they only started a few years ago, and now they can cover most roles in most businesses. The other one that I've frequently gone back to is um, Stack Stack Overflow. So Stack Overflow mm-hmm. yeah. actually have a lot of job descriptions so that's the other thing right like we all obsess about job descriptions i can't actually stand them i think they're pretty useless to be honest they're at best frozen in time very often poorly written and they don't really reflect and don't give a sense of progression what's coming next you know what should you have done prior to that which other directions can you move in diagonally for example progression frameworks if they're done well can 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 help you there um, so yeah, th- those are my go-to. I'm, I'm sure there are others out there. Um, some of the HR tech that we use have some built-in. So we're currently using Lattice. Um, we were on 15.5 before, but Lattice do have some built-in. Um, but yeah, my my favorite um, so far is um, Progression App. I will definitely have a look at that. It's, it's a thing. I mean, it's a, it's a question I think that a lot of people just, they sit on. If you think about it in your own context, you're sitting there as an employee, perhaps. What's next? That's it. What's next? What's next after this? Well, I've only just been promoted an hour and a half ago. I have to get my head around my job. Yeah, even still, what's next? And what do I need to do to get that next thing? Yeah. that That's the, the missing thing, I think. And um, a, a, a development plan, horrible bit of sort of HR jargon, but it's a mm. thing. It's a thing that, you know, um, if, if you care about it, you should take seriously. Um it doesn't mean anything unless it's steeped in something realistic, right? So some some uh, things that you need to have gone and achieved or done or had a go at doing. Um, and if you're just making them up on the fly, it's really hard as a, as a manager, and especially as a first-time manager. So if you can look at something and point to it and be like, ah, these are the things you kind of need to do to, to help move along, then you, you really do help yourself and you help that person because you can have a, a much more objective um, conversation. So that's what you've been working on at present, is building out your um, plans. Well, yeah, kind of present-ish. It was a sort of a thing that was 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 a, was occupying my mind a lot over the back end of last summer. Um, in terms of what I'm working on right now, I mean, a bunch of things. But actually, one thing kind of left field that I've become very interested in, and it's now sort of manifesting itself into a thing, is following and studying um, certain sales and commercial thought leaders through LinkedIn. Mm. Um, so I'm going to share something in the next few days. Um, and, and actually I found that if you follow the right people, then you can actually sort of learn for free because if they're, they're talking about the stuff that you care about and you value, then it's just a simple case of opening your LinkedIn feed, consuming that content, using it, even banking it, um, to form your own playbooks and whatever you want to do. Um, but crucially, you know, just absorbing it. Um, and I think, you know, again, that's another shortcut that I take to my team. I was like, if you want to become a 
uh, a master in this craft, then follow the right people because there's a good chance that they're talking about the stuff that they're seeing day in and day out, and you can learn a lot from them. Um, there's again another shortcut to learning and development, which I which I know you know a lot about. <laughs> it's free mentoring, isn't it? Exactly, it's free mentoring. Mentoring. It's, I mean, the, the very essence of filtered is that content is not the actual problem, right? I'm glad you plugged us and not me. <laughs> Absolutely. If anybody's looking for a solution to having too much e-learning content shite floating around their company, go and talk to Vin and the team at Filter because they will th plow through it, chuck out 90% of it and leave you with the stuff you actually need and want. You couldn't have said it better. <laughs> there we go. I'm sure there's a better pitch there for you. Um, um if what would you what are you reading right now, Evan? What are you reading? What are you listening to? Podcast. Um, I've got. To, I must confess, I'm not a big reader, and I will often listen to um, pretty terrible music on Spotify. Um, but I do, yeah, podcasts and audible books. Um, I, I, yeah, I go kind of uh, kind of ebb and flow, but um, uh, I I like the stuff that the revenue intelligence like the the reveal gong podcast puts out is really good stuff mm. um and and of course your podcast of course <laughs> your others um cannot forget that um uh one of the best books so if you're in sales and in sales leadership the qualified sales leader by john mcmahon yes um, he's great is brilliant because again you know much like the the content uh, much like your your content it's it's short bite-sized enough that you get a lot of high value from it without having to invest tons and tons of time so um yeah that's a that's that's a go-to actually um i enjoy that that's a good book good what would you like to thank young vin oh for having done uh that's a good question young vin um whose hairline was about yeah <laughs> three centimeters further down <laughs> than where it is right now <laughs> Um, I actually think that uh, one of the things I would thank myself for doing is um, saying yes to a lot of opportunities and to lots of people and to new projects and new ideas. I think for me, um, much like you know, I, I mentioned at the earlier earlier part of this um, this chat, was having lots of experiences that you can rack up and and take with you. Uh, you, you know, you sometimes you seek them out. Sometimes they come to you, and if you can say yes to them, or you're just open to the idea that there's a bunch of different things that you could do, um, especially early on in your career, whether you're whether it's because you're a first time manager or it's a you know your first new role or you're just first into into the workplace. Um, I think it's a wonderful thing to be able to take all of that energy and enthusiasm and to soak it all up, and so having the attitude of sort of saying yes. Even if it feels a bit scary, I think is a is a is a brilliant thing. Um, if you can get yourself there, it's a bit different later on in life, though. Um, kind of um, ironically, because then you kind of need to get good at saying no, which is actually quite hard. <laughs> and doing saying no well, and um, uh, and and focusing on things. But I think generally, yeah, I would definitely thank myself for um, being open to lots of different things. I think that the discomfort zone, you know. Everybody's got a comfort zone, but it's the discomfort zone, actually being aware of that and finding that if you're in the discomfort zone, it's generally a good thing. You're, you're uncomfortable because, let's say as a manager, you've delegated too much and you're thinking, oh God, they're going to screw it up. Well, then you know what? That's exactly where you should be. 
because you're learning and they're learning. You're, you're making a decision and you're not sure, oh, goodness me, it's really the consequences could be. That's a good place to be. Because if we are all sitting in our comfort side, you're just mumbling along, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. I think <clears throat> it's different for different people at different parts in their life and their journeys. Um, you know, when we when we've had both of our kids, I've definitely at that point wanted to be slightly more in my comfort zone than my discomfort zone. Oh yes, that's <laughs> different. Yeah, that's, that's entirely different. different. Yeah. Your children are not allowed to make you discomfort. Discomfortable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> those, those life moments. Those life moments. Uh, they weed yeah. into your work life, right? So yeah, finding finding the right times to switch modes, I think, is an important thing as well. Then lastly, as we wrap up, how can people find you? What are your coordinates? Um, through this podcast, through, uh, through you. Uh, LinkedIn, so Vinit Patel. Um, there aren't many of us, but there are quite a few of us. It's a fairly popular surname. Um, website, you know, I work at Filtered, so you can come to filtered.com. I am on Twitter, but I'm not particularly active on that. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn's um, the main one if, uh, if, if you should want to come out and um, chat to me. And why wouldn't they, Vinit Patel? Thank you very much indeed for joining me thank you paul that's a wrap thank you for joining me today your homework is to leave your five star review and please any comments you have you really help me to improve every day and it also helps people to discover me online you should check out practical-leadership.academy because you want to help your new managers succeed with hybrid or remote working 